0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another education newscast. Today we are again in English language, like already one two times before. Uh, background is because we are doing a global program, uh, which is also in English, with the theme of the happy user. Yeah, where we, for example, produce the guide, uh, learning hacks, and so on to yeah help companies make their user happy. Yeah, which is of course an uh, important aim. And for that, I really looked out for, for 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 a very good expert here at SAP. and I'm happy that uh, my dear colleague Moritz has some time today to for an interview, for a podcast discussion. Uh, Moritz, uh, yeah, I don't give too much words, so perhaps you just could introduce yourself, perhaps also say a little bit on your journey, where you're coming from, your journey at SAP, what you're currently doing. So, um,
1: first of all, thanks for inviting me for that exciting postcard uh, cast. i not that experienced in pod- uh, podcasts, so I'm hopefully doing everything right. It's just uh, talking. But it's about learning, and this is a learning experience as well for me. Um, so, my name is Moritz Huber. I'm uh, head of education consulting services for EMEA, uh, meaning I'm responsible for the education consulting projects and the consulting delivery that we do together with the customer to implement um, SAP um, and to learn uh, how to use SAP. So before I stepped into my education consulting um, role as a head, I was a chief consultant for education consulting. I did projects, program management um, for large implementation projects and helped the customer With the digital transformation, especially on behalf of digital learning, embedded learning, performance support, we did the whole end-to-end process in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so kind of my background. I have 12 years of consulting or 15 years of consulting um, experience, Uh, worked a lot with several um, customers, uh, all branches, and my heart really... Is with learning. I did nothing else than skill, competence, management, learning. Really, getting the users to to a good knowledge when it comes to such a large change
0: is really what drives me every day. So, as a consultant, you probably have seen a lot of uh, customers and see, seen a lot of contexts. So, for you, what do you think? Why it's so important that that the user or the end user is happy in the end it's uh, perhaps a fluffy word but I think it's if if it's a summary description I think it's a good summary yeah
1: I mean first of all happy user and that is nothing new happy user Uh, is always the thing that makes uh, the change between being a good company or being a successful company if you have the happy users they like to do what they do so now talking about um using tools, IT tools, and still be happy, that makes it quite interesting. And what we try to do is to really um, help the cu- the end user to understand what he's what he's doing in an easy way. So happy user for me is all about user adoption, user experience. Whenever I recognize a user doesn't have a good adoption with ...a platform, whatever it is, that might be the point where I, from learning perspective, need to step in... ...and give him some more information about how can you do your application that it is just an application that you can use. A tool is a tool and we know that the users do use tools to do their day-to-day job and I want them to focus on their day-to-day job... And have it easy to use the tools that they have with it.
0: So, and in your day-to-day uh, job, so do you have any special, let's say, approaches or so, or frameworks? How you how you uh, go for that? Uh, how you help your customers? Obvi- obviously, after twelve or fifteen years, there is a
1: huge toolbox. So, what we do have in education consulting is we have kind of an end-to-end approach. How do we run projects, programs, and how do we set up whole organizations with digital learning? In that tool set, we have tools and frameworks and processes uh, for our uh, training and learning process. So we come along with... Learning needs analysis processes, strategy processes, but also a lot about content development, content delivery, content methods. All those processes are settled within uh, within, within our toolbox. So yeah, sure, we do a lot work with lot,
0: lot with processes. So um, are there any newer ones? So I think you know we talk a lot. Uh, I think some like. On the generic ones like five moments of need 2070, I think everyone knows, or at least most of us know. As I do, also perhaps uh, on a more detailed level, so, so are there any newer things where, where you came across in the last years or so which are helpful?
1: The trick is not to have only new things, then to combine old ones with mm. new ones and uh. to combine old ones in a new way, right? Uh. So when you're talking about 70 2010 or five learning moments. That is exactly when we came along with the customer and said, how can we use those two, combine them? That's the first step. So Mm. when does which of the 70, 20, 10 match with what of the five learning moments? But then also, how can we elaborate that one with digital learning tools? So what kind of learning tools do we have that fit in into that approach? Name it the typical ones that we are using, obviously, within, within SAP, with our um, uh, authoring tools, with our performance support tools, but also with our um, user adoption or user experience tools. So how can we bring those ones in to get that one message through that the end user needs to get help when he needs it, where he needs it? So that's my main goal whenever I I go out to a customer. How do we help the customer and the end user to get help easy at a point where it hurts him in a small learning nugget?
0: And that's, of course, quite a change, uh, let's say, uh, depending... Compared to the learning culture, what often is there, which we we, we heard in yeah. many discussions already yeah, that we are all socialized more in this formal approach. And uh, I think from the thinking, from the approach, I think this is probably uh, quite new yeah, still for many.
1: And, and don't get me wrong, it, it is not that we are going to change the world completely I and can, digital no. learning is so different. It's not magic, and it is what it is. We still talk about knowledge transfer. Mm. The only thing that we always need to have in mind is that the way people are learning in future is changing. It's all about micro-learning. It's all about embedded learning. It's all about on-the-spot learning with small learning nuggets. So this is... If you compare yourself, when when you start uh, something at home and you you don't know how to fix it, you open open YouTube, you open uh, any forum, and you just get the right information immediately. And that is the immediate small learning nugget. That is the starting point. We will end up also with still having classroom trainings, with having people maybe even on-site sitting in a room, but they start always with a different perspective. They want it quick, they want it
0: easy, and they want it when they need it. Probably, especially if it's about task-related knowledge, yeah. uh, how it's in our context, like around software tools. Uh, 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 okay, do you have perhaps any concrete examples of customers uh, who, who made their their users really happy? I don't know if you. Uh, it's always hard to talk about real customers' names, but perhaps you can give some examples more generically.
1: Well, that one approach that we what, so, so these having this help when you need it, where you mm. need it. Um, that had the the reason for that one was to make a customer happy, especially when we're talking, uh, uh, for example, for Nestle, mm. and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm. Uh, I'm allowed to name that one because uh, our relationship with Nestle is very close when it comes to this learning experience. So what we try to do is to really have the end users in mind and having their constant change in mind. Uh, One of the biggest challenges that we have nowadays is exactly that everybody's talking about that. Uh, new innovations are coming through the door quickly. Everything's mm. just changing in such a n- quick period. And that comes along with so many tools every day are changing for everybody. And that is the challenge to make user happy right now is to mm. find out in that complex world of changes, what is it that is interesting for me today? And, uh, that's something we really focused on and really builded an organization completely around that point about that user happiness when it comes to learning.
0: Mm-hmm. And can you, can you give some more insights so on how, how you really did that? I, I remember some presentations, so you even have a new organizational model, yep. new roles also, so it's not about just providing a lot of other content in other formats, right? we Both
1: coming co- coming with <laughs> coming with the five learning moments mm. and coming with 7020.10 as a starting point we took that one and then we build it out uh uh organization that was really focusing on that approach so that for the end user whether it's a Skype tool or a SAP tool or a portal tool doesn't matter the yeah. end user always gets the same approach when it comes to learning and uh, that is this when you need it, where you need it. That is the help as a desktop assistant and having a good portal page in the background that makes it easier for him to follow up. So first, learning nuggets, small simulations, job aids mm-hmm. on the fly. And then if he wants more learning, he's getting step and step and step uh further into his learning journey. So we create the learning journey by his own experience. And that's kind of the way that we wanted to lead them. So how did we do that in, in, mm. in Nestle? We built an uh, organization that started with different roles. Mm. We have a performance detective mm-hmm. that really al- analyzes what kind of performance support do we need what is necessary there. So and I like the, the way detective because it's really uh, going through the different products that they mm. have and really um like indeed, like like Scot- Scotland Yard <laughs> looking for the pain points in the different mm. areas and then having a master builder program where really have content creation easy because there are two issues with learning. The one is getting the access on the easy way as I said. The other thing is getting the content done. In a Get it created
0: in an efficient way, also. Yeah.
1: Nobody wants to do documentation. Seriously, I don't want no. to do it either. Mm, so, okay. how do we g- What kind of tools mm. and what kind of IT infrastructure, learning infrastructure, do we have to make it as easy as possible for a subject matter expert to give his knowledge into the world? Mm. Also talking about things like um, one thing we, we had was called, we call it easy KT, easy knowledge transfer, mm-hmm. which is an easy authoring tool for everybody available on the fly without having any learning to make it easy for a subject matter exper- expert recording stuff, even though he doesn't know anything about the tool. It's bringing the knowledge that you have in your head onto paper and with uh, with the minimum barriers that we have
0: but with the instant
1: it's that that one is kind of a it's an instant producer okay. yeah exactly mm-hmm. and uh, that instant producer even in an easy way to access for everybody worldwide so everybody has an access to that one mm-hmm. in the company and can access that one to document. Without any quality assurance at that point, mm-hmm. the first thing is really getting knowledge in. And then we still can, in the next step, verify, is that something that we want to spread out through the whole organization? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that he wants just to collect because he wants to hand over some stuff to new colleagues to he's leaving and he wants to give it, hand it over to somebody else?
0: Okay, so it's both for the informal knowledge transfer. Exactly but also if you have a process in place then to, let's say, further edit it and put it in any system assistance or whatever so you also can formalize it then later.
1: Ma- making it a win-win. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why, why separate? I, we have formal and informal, mm. but why not creating pro- content when, when you not only having help when you need it, where you need it, then also create content when you think, It Mm. would be good to write it down.
0: Or perhaps, whether the distinguishment would be uh, like between user-generated content and more managed content. Yeah, because uh, both is valuable, but it has different use cases where you can leverage it. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of Mm. what what we try to do to make it for both parties and for all sides um, uh, smooth and Mm. easy, because we all know. We want learning, we want happy users, we want people mm. to get knowledge, but we also know it's very time-consuming to learn and it's even more time-consuming to produce learning. So, mm. have a detective that identifies what kind of learning approach is necessary. Is it the instant learning? Is it a MOOC? Is it a, a, a exchange group, a collaboration group that's necessary? Then, having easy access to tools that make it easy to document or Mm. create learning content. Name it simulations, videos, e-learnings, WebEx, whatever. It needs to be easy and it needs to come out of one hand. One organization takes care of the easiest tools. And then in the end, number three, having the access provided for every user in the same way. Best thing, put a desktop item, item uh, icon with help mm. on every laptop. If they click on help. They always get the same help, whether they are in a one application, which is Office or in an application that is whatever it is, obviously, mm. SAP or whatever you need help for.
0: So when you're doing, we're doing that project, you <clears throat> probably also received some resistance. So do you see any barriers, and how how did you overcome them? Like probably it's a typical change management thing, yeah, like involvement and good communication, and so on. Um, I think it's in such projects probably similar, right?
1: I mean, <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, a story that never ends. Yeah it is everybody's talking about we need learning mm. and every individual says i haven't received enough training in the end mm. that's coming along always and on the other hand nobody wants to invest a lot of time into learning doesn't want to invest a lot of time into into the development so the barriers are very often when it comes to the setting setting the scene mm-hmm. understanding why we are doing what we are doing. So if you explain explicitly why it's necessary and not only the what, if you do the why, that helps always to get the barriers lower. And uh, well, one barrier is always budget. Obviously, Mm -hmm. if you have an organization and you want to set up something, you need budget for that one and you need the acceptance for that one. So you need to create KPIs. Let's find good reports with our tools, but also let's find good ways to understand that with the new digital learning, we can reduce so much effort by travel costs, on-site training, classroom training, heavy training. And out of that one, we have a good argument and that one keeps the barriers low because we kind of invest in something that also helps us having happy user, but also having reduced costs.
0: So one thing what I also often hear is, of course, time. Yeah, I think that's not only in system or IT training. I think, uh, but there probably the just in time thing yeah. is <laughs> is a good uh, good point. Or so my 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 vision is
1: that learning or learning creation is not longer just a project thing. I mean, dreaming about a real world and a perfect learning world, and I'm allowed to dream here because it's a podcast. Uh, so it's not... Well, sure. usually Usually we get in because there is a project mm. and people recognize, oh, we changed something. We need to have learning as well. But learning is a constant thing. And con- learning development is also a constant thing. So if we get the organizations to the point that they create these learning experiences, these learning journeys, not as a moment in your life, day-to-day life, than a constant thing, continuously giving something, continuously consuming something in small bits and pieces... This is where I want to go to. This is
0: where I think learning will be in future. So it's more like an engine or machine, and it's not a project, yeah, which yeah. is one time. And then it's Absolutely. done, especially in a software project. I think this is really new. Huh? Like in the past, we had the training. And then we had, in the end, the go-live. And this was it. Perhaps if you're lucky, you have a key user concept. In the past, probably, this was cost-safe. That's,
1: that's where it kicks in, where yeah. you say you go live, and that's exactly where the learning starts, really, because that's that's where the experience comes in. People are struggling. Analyze errors they make in a system and get the, out of that one constant feedback that you then translate into new learning experiences. Mm. We need to learn constantly what is required for the end user to be happy, to give them the learning experience. That is what I mean. Mm. I mean, we we all talk about agile since, Mm. I don't know, five years now, 10 years, years. 15 years. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And we talk about Scrum and all those projects which need to be very build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. Mm. That is exactly what we need to adopt for Mm. our learning journeys as well. Build, measure, learn.
0: Mm. As a cycle. Yeah, yeah.
1: as a, a quick cycle mm. that is not only in a project, then that is for every product that you have constantly. And if you have easy, an easy way to create this, to build these topics, then it's also easier to measure that one. And then you get that quick cycles into, your, into an agile learning way.
0: Mm. So I wanted to ask you actually about success factors. You've seen many customers, but perhaps uh, some things, uh, we know some things are similar, Uh, but actually this is probably it. Yeah. So start with the why, Uh, build the cycles. So are there any other success factors where you see also as a checklist perhaps uh, where people need to remind uh, if they do learning projects? Wanna making the want make the users happy? Um,
1: so the one the one thing that comes up to my mind always is not only the how then also the why and the mm. what. So if I do my analysis, I always ask the how should user behave? What is it they should do and why is it? Mm. And cluster those ones and split those ones in learning nuggets and bring them to the right sequence that is nothing new mm. again we're not talking talking about changing the world we're just trying to bring it in a di- in a different way so that is one of my key success factors and then obviously as with every project that you're running and with every reorganization that you have, think about change management when you go into the digital learning. Why We always, when we do a project, have the discussion about change management. We don't always use change management. We also know that. But we all know we need change management. So now we are on the way from having those heavy classroom trainings at the beginning to having those heavy classroom trainings at the end of your learning journey and starting with something different. We need to tell that story with a proper change management. So whenever I'm talking to a customer, I tell them not only looking about the um, uh, the infrastructure for learning and the education architecture, Think also about the story that you tell. It needs to be an easy story to tell for the business to understand why we are changing.
0: Can you give uh, some examples about that? I I know from some projects you... Did some storytelling. Yeah. You even had some, let's say, mas- mascotian. I don't know the right name. It was a pa- the Paul story. Pop the Paul story, yeah. <laughs>
1: I always tell a story about yeah. my, my nephew Paul, mm. who was um, visiting me for a weekend. And mm. uh, after a lot of uh, exciting uh, stuff we did outdoor, he, we were hanging out in the room and he was on the couch and played some games on his mobile device. And I took that chance to talk to him about how he's learning his digital tools. And uh, that is kind of a storytelling that I usually use. I make transparent how a 14-year-old guy learns step-by-step with small learning nuggets, simulations, job aids, and he doesn't call them like that. He's just doing them by try and error. And taking that story of a 14-year-old guy learning his application. That is something we can transfer easily to the business. And Mm. if I explain the story from that teenager to an adult in private life to a business guy in his business processes, then they understand it's not that far away. We can do that. If I come to you and I'll tell you, you look for YouTube when you need to know something, you would say, yes, but that's different. So I need to create a story where no. everybody understands it's not. It's not different. We do the same things. We can create that world that we do in the private life already. And that is the key success. Um.
0: Okay, you talked about uh, transformation and change management. Other things which uh, uh, which you definitely shouldn't do in transformation, also like that point of view, you know, things you definitely... So do, to make it a, a, a catastrophic project or so. Ignore the business need. Ignore the business need, yeah. yeah That's typical for HR or learning. Let's say do very good pedagogical concepts, but not aligned to business needs, okay?
1: Always. That is my <laughs> kicker. And it's in IT projects, we forget the business. In HR um, manners, we also have great ideas. But we, in design thinking, we have the desirability, the viability, and the feasibility. Mm. And if you hit all those three areas, you have the sweet spot. Yeah. That is coming along for everything. I yeah. like to quote design thinking because it has that easy-to-understand logic. If there is no desire, nobody will use your things, even though you think they are the coolest things you ever had.
0: Or even if it's effective uh, or yeah. technically uh, feasible. And obviously, so it's, it's it also needs <laughs> to be
1: feasible and <laughs> yeah. viable. Yeah. And if yeah. if you cannot afford a great idea, it's also not possible. So make it possible. Make yeah. it great. Make it sweet spot.
0: Yeah, and, uh, actually, I also would recommend this to everyone who ha- hasn't had any experience with design thinking. I think that's such a great uh, mindset, but also toolset. I think it's absolutely both. Yeah, for for everything. Yeah, if you do if you solve problems, if you do projects, yeah. whatever. A- actually, I think l- last week I just came across uh, a design thinking tool book for teachers. So now, nowadays it's even used at schools. Yeah, to to bring people together to teach social social skills. So I think it's pretty broadly. Uh, Uh, usable yeah okay yeah. good point any any other things on transformation Uh, just because you mentioned design
1: Mm -hmm. thinking and all that uh, agile tools that we Mm -hmm. have things like the the whole toolbox in design thinking but also uh, business model canvas and and Mm -hmm. value proposition those things that we have for um, IT developments or for developments this is everything we can easily use for our products and for our solutions as well. So I'm using design thinking whenever we got stuck on how we move on with our strategy, or when we stuck within a customer process about learning processes. So that it is there are some very helpful tools out there which are creative, and um, learning is all about creativity.
0: Absolutely. And perhaps just a, a quick side remark. So <clears throat> in this happy user program, we also uh, created four learning hacks. We call them, but uh, one, for example, is also based on the canvas. Yeah, to make a team, team nice. learning canvas, which is it's a pretty simple idea. But you bring all all people together in one room. So let's say all stakeholders, and they fill this all together. It's much faster, much more effective, much more collaborative than you do that on Excel and PowerPoint in different silos. Uh, so that's for example one one simple tool I think what everyone uh, can, can can use. Uh, Alright, so 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 before we look perhaps in the future a bit. So, um, I think last year we, we met in Austria and we, we were more, I hope this doesn't get now too philosophical, but we were <laughs> discussing, uh, you know, because I'm also coming from organizational development. I studied organizational psychology. Yep. That's some years ago. Yeah, I also worked in that area. So, uh, so where do you currently see now the big uh, change uh, between, let's say, org development, change management, and now it's all called transformation? Is it uh, the never ending process uh, some things probably are the same but some things probably are new or my colleagues from uh,
1: change management i have some some very good colleagues in mm. in our change management organization and uh what they right now um working on is is the topic of the the digital culture change mm. so We all know that a cultural change within an organization is the biggest change that you have to go through. Mm. Uh, And now we have that digital transformation. And I think what's behind that one, what's the biggest thing behind that one is not that we have the digital tools, that we have great ideas and innovation. It is the, the cultural change that we are going through. What I said before... An end user who gets millions of possibilities maybe got stuck because he gets millions and millions of possibilities. It's just overwhelmed, yeah. And that is where, for me, transformation is going to be successful if we get a basic change in our habit, in our day-to-day habit. And we i mean we work for sap we when we talk about digital transformation we are pretty closing getting through that transformation because we're living in a digital world my my day to day business is uh no longer meeting people virtually. It's always meeting people via Skype, Zoom, having the different collaboration Mm. platforms, sharing everything with OneNote. So we're we're using that one. And that is the story that we need to bring to the customer. How do we get that one into our business genes? Mm. So that our day-to-day business is normal Mm. in the digital culture
0: so you would say let's say again just to so try to summarize that the change, change management in the past was more analog i probably also less iterative uh now we have a lot of data points we use the data uh constantly for example to get feedback uh, to then also react faster i think Survey feedback was one of the key tools in org development. I think there every year or every second yeah. year you were doing a survey. I think in our world this is not relevant anymore. So you do that constantly. So oh, is this? And, and of course, it's, it, yeah.
1: the, uh, it comes a little bit into that direction. Mm. Just think about the the possibilities
0: that we have with yeah.
1: big data, with the X and the O uh, that everybody is talking about.
0: Experience data. Yeah.
1: So why not? having those experience data and getting information out of that one to understand what does our user do and how can we make him happier.
0: That's actually a good point uh, to to look to the future. So probably this will uh, be also coming more and more in the future. Or I think we have all the key trends. I think that's not something new. We have more... Machine learning for personalization, recommendation, adaptive learning, VR, AR. I, I don't really see it, uh, education in the IT context, but in other contexts. Yeah. Other things are still going on, like social learning and so on. So what do, but, but, but do you see as a trends? Uh, it probably depends always on the status of the customer, because they yeah. are, have quite a different maturity level and... Uh, I mean, we perhaps internally are pretty far in some areas. In some areas, I would say we are also not that super far. Uh, um, yeah.
1: What we also need to take in consideration is: it's nice to dream and it's nice to have a lot of great possibilities. But in the end, it also need to be efficient, mm. and it also need to fit the purpose. Yeah. So when I'm talking to customer, uh, I need to <laughs> have those future ideas that fit the purpose. So if you're talking about machine translation, that is something where everybody understands. You click a button, it automatically translates every of your learning nuggets that you created in six different languages. Well, that might fit the purpose because that is a pain point we have everywhere. Or having something where we generate out of machine learning, learning content via chat, or like a jet pilot or whatever it is um, that creates the learning out of the bunch of millions of data that he has, automatically, that would be something. If somebody in future invents some, something that creates my learning content without me doing it, that is something where we get a purpose, a way where we fit to the purpose, where we kill the pain because the pain is getting the knowledge or creating the knowledge.
0: Now the question then is uh, however if if it's relevant because if a machine can create the documentation perhaps also the machine then can do the task for me but that's a long process or so i'm not fearing a- that one no,
1: i but- would be happy if somebody if some machine take over 50% of my work i'm more than happy <laughs> i'm dreaming
0: that. of a of a email answering bot oh
1: please <laughs> let me be let me be your pilot project please
0: <laughs> all right so or any other points to the future? Of, of course, uh, I think a good saying is future is already here. It's just not evenly yeah. distributed. Yeah. Some, some, I think not many customers use bots and so on. We just discussed that. Uh, machine learning, perhaps we internally. So it's already there, but not really evenly uh, distributed. And some customers are still pretty analog. Or
1: um, That is exactly... That's mm. why you, in the beginning... Mm. Of your whole journey, need to find the the as is to be no. of digital learning. Where is your organization that comes along with cultural change. Mm. Where is your organization, and how far can you go? so don't do ten steps if the first step is already overwhelming for the users. Happy users are not happy if it's getting too complex so. Get them slow, slowed through it, um, but uh, obvi- uh, th- there are a lot of ideas in 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 our heads when it comes to future learning. Uh, again, I, I like the idea of have the have this um, user experience data, and with that one, having so mu- many informations, not from a technical perspective, then really from a people perspective. Getting that people perspective in a digital data can help us create reports and and KPIs that identify what's necessary. So what is the real real learning need? Because what we also have as a problem in that whole education landscape is we most probably created too many learning possibilities and too much learning content which is not used because people don't need it. Hmm. Where where
0: is the pain point? No what's the Wh- real top 20% what everyone needs? Uh, what is it not, the people no.
1: really need? And no. what is it the add-on? Don't I don't want to kill the add-on because hmm. some people need to get to the expert level and they need extra ones. But what is the pain point they need? Immediately, and that's something we get out of this um, user experience. Fully,
0: yeah, and perhaps it also can then kill old content or irrelevant yeah. content. I think that's also it's not easy, yeah. But uh, if we have this validation approach, I think it just needs to be done also for points of, yeah, easy access hmm. uh, and 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 so on. Okay, so Moritz, how, how do you develop your own uh, any? And examples. I, yeah. Actually, I learn a lot from um, articles that are just posted
1: in in some of the social networks I'm within. So LinkedIn. So, yeah, LinkedIn mm-hmm. is one of my favorite favorite social collaboration tools. Mm-hmm. Not because of networking, that really because of I'm getting I'm getting knowledge out of that mm-hmm. one. I'm getting links to other articles, to blogs, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that is. Because there I get the things that I'm kind of might be interested, and then, when it comes to immediate things, I'm learning as said, when I need something, I want to have a quick one so in private life, I'm also one of those people who google for it, YouTube for it, get into a forum for something, or click on the help button and uh, that's how I learn and then, from a social perspective. Or from a soft skills perspective, well, there is always the collaboration that um, helps me getting better.
0: Aren't you also in the coaching pool at SAP? Yes. Yeah. Like I,
1: I, did a coaching so, qualification well, and uh, have a coaching. I'm having a coaching background, and
0: but actually, is also a good development to do a coaching curriculum or go, go through that. Also for me, I, I did three even so it was it was helpful also to get coached then by your own
1: helped me a lot mm. understanding how i run mm. and th- the moment you understand how you um run and what makes you run is also easier than to understand how you can help others
0: and helping others that's uh i think that's our key goal and one thing, but what uh, we didn't strive, but uh, one of your latest development was the social sabbatical. So very, I think it's very cool that uh, SAP offers that. So w- w- help people w- improve their life. Mm-hmm.
1: SAP has a mission. SAP mm. has a CSR mission. Mm. I didn't know about that one. To be honest, before starting into the sabbatical, I knew we have CSR, mm. Mm. but it's really help people improve their life. Mm. It's SAP spending. Not money, then really giving resources and knowledge to help others, people getting into that digital life and getting into
0: a, a better world. What did you le- learn there, in that sabbatical?
1: Well, I learned that small organizations do have not that resource pool that we have, not that knowledge pool that we have, Mm -hmm. but they also get things done. Mm -hmm. And that uh, I was in a, I was working for an NGO uh, on an Island um, that supported the education system, the the STEM uh, um, uh, area. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was quite funny. I'm coming from education and I got into one Mm -hmm. of those. So that, It fitted perfectly Mm. and it was all about how do we get young people again back to the interest of these STEM topics Mm -hmm. like like science or Mm. like mathematics because those guys, those young people, they are obviously our future and we all know that the jobs we have right now 70% 70% of the jobs we have right now will, complete be, will be completely different in, in, in 10 years. Mm. So these people who learn right now, these young people, they learn something, but the job they're going to fulfill in 10 years will most probably not be even there. Mm. So how can we bring them to be curious and to learn um, constantly? And
0: uh, how did you do that? Sorry, just <laughs> if I ask.
1: Um, well, in 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 that specific country, uh, uh, it was uh, with a quite interesting education infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So, from governmental point of view, okay. so therefore, it was really bringing um, professors from Stanford, from Yale, from Harvard uh, to either do workshops with kids mm-hmm. and making. Boring topics a little bit more funnier or mm-hmm. interesting, or handing over some technology uh, techniques and methodologies to the teachers mm-hmm. on how to um, make those STEM topics more interesting, more
0: engaging, or
1: mm-hmm. yeah, e- exactly more engaging. How mm. do they? What can they do to bring kids back to
0: the interest? Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds interesting. So
1: that was it. That was. For me, that was a very good learning because mm. it is a complete different. Uh, it was uh, it was Latin America. It is a um, uh, the the social. Um, uh situation is a complete different mm. one. The ecological um, situation is a different different one. Mm. And we we kind of, in Europe, we are a little bit spoiled with where we are. We have yeah. a stable system.
0: Very rich nation. We, a very Germany, rich nation.
1: Yeah. And, and therefore, we can focus on things which they don't even think about. So that was really to readjust my level mm. of, where are we in the world mm. and then to come back and still think about things like machine learning and mm. mm. chatbots and okay. yeah that was
0: good mm-hmm. okay cool sounds interesting yeah i think we can recommend this to everyone even if you do it in your own community I just did a digital skills training at the school of my daughter for eight years old, uh, two, two workshops. So I think that you can do this also in your small community or even something like that. So that's, that's, that's great.
1: I learned, I learned that, uh, so SAP has a lot of CSR programs. Mm-hmm. That social sabbatical was just one of them. Mm-hmm. And they all go along with the helping people improve their life. And taking that one also into your private life and think about where you can mm. share something. I think what, I, what I'm what i taking away from me is share more of your knowledge for free mm. to people who want to know something.
0: Okay, yeah. And that's also why we do this podcast actually. <laughs> so <but> perhaps <laughs> just as a last question, can you share any other good resources what you use like books or blogs? You mentioned LinkedIn. Do you have any other Uh, or uh, any experts you follow uh, on the social networks?
1: Follow Thomas Jenewein on uh, LinkedIn. That is a cool guy. He's Uh, blogging a lot of (laughs) stuff. um, You might get (laughs) spammed. No, just (laughs) kidding. Thank Uh, you. I also like to to, um, follow Bersin. Okay, yeah. Uh, We all know that one. always
0: picks up the the trends and does a good summary.
1: Actually, I just want to be open for the ones that I don't know. So for me, it is not focusing on specific books. I'm not the one who's reading books. I'm the one who wants to go through internet and then stumble above a new Mm. article and read it, but also be experienced enough or old enough to divide between is that something that helps me or that doesn't help me don't believe everything that's in the internet obviously <laughs> but still it is a very good source
0: yeah all right thanks i, I think we this was a good ending or is there anything you want to what we didn't touch uh, otherwise i think we can call it a day
1: my last statement will be help your people when they need it where they need it when you get that one
0: you have happy people And happy users. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks for everyone listening. Thanks, Um, Moritz, for your time. Thanks for that nice experience and for
1: my new podcast (laughs) learning experience. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.